Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. It ain't the left side or the right side. Thank you, Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side here with Kat and Paul Pickin. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, and iHeartRadio. The 53-man roster for the Miami Dolphins is set, and Paul and I are going to go through position by position, see who made the team, and a few things that maybe Paul and I would have done differently, as well as a couple of free agents that were cut from some other teams that may be worth piquing the Dolphins' interest. Paul, before we even start with at the top with the quarterback spot, a little bit of a surprise before this 53-man cutdown date, the Dolphins have a new punter, and that's undrafted free agent out of Arizona State, Matt Hack. Uh, did this catch you a little bit by surprise? Yes and no. I mean, it's similar to when Andrew Franks won the kicking job a couple years ago. Hawk is definitely, and I know it's spelled hack, but it's definitely pronounced Hawk. He's definitely one of those guys that he didn't have to fully beat out Dar. He just had to stay even with him. He's cheaper, he's younger, and not just cheaper for this season. He's going to be with the Dolphins for, for three or four years before he becomes expensive if he does well. Matt Dar was going to be a free agent after this year. He's well-regarded around the league. He essentially was going to be a lot more expensive in the future, so they kept some of their costs down, which is good considering they just re-signed T.J. McDonald to a four-year extension for $24 million. So they need to keep costs down where it makes sense so long as he wasn't beaten out. And he wasn't beaten out. He stayed even with Dar, essentially. Yeah, and looking at Matt Dar last year, I mean, his his first six games in 2016, I thought he did a phenomenal job. His average was 48.7 in the first six games. Final 10 games, it dropped to 42.2. So I don't know what happened to him, you know, in the last 10 games, but there was a significant drop-off from the player that we saw in the first six. A little bit of a surprise. Another thing uh, about Hawk here, and thanks for that pronunciation, is he's also left, a left-footed punter. So that can have some a uh, few more unpredictable angles. Maybe the Dolphins get another turnover or two throughout the year. Let's move on to the rest of the roster here. We'll start at the quarterback spot. Really no surprises. The Dolphins did keep two quarterbacks. They kept Jay Cutler and Matt Moore. Cut David Fales and Brandon Dowdy. There's some talk of Dowdy being on the practice squad, but I don't see that happening. I, I hope it doesn't happen. I, I, I didn't see any – I think his feet – and I think his, his delivery are both a mess. I, I hope they 
look at another quarterback here for the for the practice squad. But at the running back spot, a little bit of an interesting situation. No surprise with the top three, Jay Ajayi, Kenyon Drake, Damian Williams. Uh, you tended to prefer Storm Johnson as that fourth running back. Uh, I, I always wanted Sonoris Perry if the Dolphins were going to keep four. Uh, but I, I was surprised to see Perry getting that spot. Storm Johnson was a guy that essentially started the preseason, I think, a little bit stronger than Sonoris Perry. But Perry actually came on a little bit stronger in the last two games than, than Storm did. So I'm I'm not 100% shocked. I, I think the fourth running back spot for the Dolphins, to be honest with you, is one of those spots where I wouldn't get comfortable if I was Perry. Because if the Dolphins have the option to upgrade the fourth running back slot, they're going to. There's a lot of running backs that got released around the league. So there may be a chance that Senores Perry ends up not being the final answer as that fourth running back. Uh, one one thing I want to comment on real, real quick before we, we, we just jump on with it, though, too. I was slightly surprised, even though going in I expected the Dolphins to only keep two quarterbacks. The way that David Fales came on strong in the last few preseason games, I thought there was an outside chance they might keep three. Because, God forbid, Cutler gets hurt. I think Fales is definitely a stronger option than Brandon Dowdy. And you look around the league, it can be a struggle to get a healthy quarterback in most cases if your guy goes down. I like Fales so much more than Dowdy. It wasn't even close. And one thing to keep an eye on here is Dowdy is practice squad eligible. David Fales is not. And that's unfortunate because I'd love to stash Fales on that practice squad. Because I, I thought he, I think he does have some developmental skills. His arm was a little bit better than I thought. Moving along, Paul, the wide receiver position. I, you know, I expected the Dolphins to keep six, maybe even seven wide receivers, only because there was it looked like there was just so much talent here in the preseason. Top five, not a surprise. You've got Jarvis Landry, Devontae Parker, Kenny Stills, Jakeem Grant, and Leontay Carew. Carew didn't prove a whole heck of a lot, kind of looked like just another guy out there, but because of his draft status, he does make it as, as that fifth receiver. DeMaurier, Stringfellow, Drew Morgan, we're knocking on the door. Hopefully we can get them back in the practice squad. How, how did this cut down at the wide receiver turnout for you? A few weeks ago we were talking about it a little bit, and I wasn't exactly shocked that Drew Morgan didn't make the roster. As strong as he came on initially, as much as the Dolphins seemed to be enamored with him, he really didn't impress throughout the preseason. He seemed to be one of those players that faded back into the pack a bit once the pads came on. Stringfellow did have a little bit stronger preseason to start out with, but then kind of disappeared. The biggest and most entertaining thing to me really amongst the five receivers was the emergence of Grant. I know you look out and Omar Kelly says, oh, if anybody told you they saw this coming from Grant, they're a liar. But I know you pointed out on the Dolphins' voice of the fan that Jakeem Grant definitely seemed to be one of the most improved players of the offseason. I know for me, I was talking about him as having surpassed Carew. So it's just, it's entertaining to see these beat writers suddenly catching on to what Jakeem Grant really can be as a wide receiver. And I know we've been saying it for weeks. So I'm okay with it. I I almost expected Carew to be supplanted maybe by a string fellow just because after a strong spring without pads, he really faded back into the pack as well once the pads came on. Yeah, I was hoping Stringfellow was going to make it just based on physical potential. Uh, he looked like a guy who could just roll out of bed and play football. And for people that don't know his background, 
He was uh, he got into some trouble at the University of Washington, was kicked out, went to Ole Miss. But based on physical potential, you know, if this guy had stayed on the straight path, then we probably would have been talking at least about a mid-round draft pick here. So I hope they do get him back on the practice squad. But, yeah, Drew Morgan, I, I agree with you. Another thing as well is Rashawn Scott, who actually did make the, the roster last year. Uh, well, actually, excuse me, he got – he was on the practice squad, was promoted toward the end of the year. He'll be on PUP, so the Dolphins will reevaluate him and here at midseason. Tight end position, not much of a surprise. You've got Julius Thomas, Anthony Fasano, and Marquise Gray at that spot. But, uh, you know, n- nobody else really challenged a whole heck of a lot. Thomas Duarte, yeah, he really hasn't shown a whole heck of a lot, Paul, since, since being that seventh-round pick last year. No, he really hasn't been what I I thought he might be last offseason. He did come on a little bit in the last couple of preseason games here and there, but he really hasn't shown the ability to claim that roster spot yet. I mean, the Dolphins are stacked with Thomas, with Fasano, with Marquise Gray, so he really would have had to be exceptional. There was an outside chance once they only kept five wide receivers, but let's face it, he's going to end up back on the practice squad. He's got the eligibility. He's got a lot of tools, so if he can put it together, they can always promote him to the active roster. And being a receiving threat tight end, if he puts it together, the Dolphins are going to split a lot of guys from the tight end position other than Fasano in most scenarios. So he could be a guy that makes sense down the stretch and also gives yet another reason why they only kept five wide receivers. Makes sense. Uh, moving on to the offensive line, technically the Dolphins do have 10 right now, but Ted Larson is expected to go on, a, on injured reserve with the designation to return. We'll keep an eye out for that. But uh, a little bit of a surprise, uh, Sam Young gets cut, and we'll get to that in a second. But the guys who made it, uh, Laramie Tunzel, Jesse Davis, Mike Pouncey, Jermon Bushrod, Juwan James, Anthony Steen, rookies Isaac Asiata, Eric Smith, and second-year player Jake Brendel may make the squad. And then 10th guy is going to be Larson. Like like I said, it's going to be on injured reserve. But yeah, Sam Young, who actually did start a couple of games for the Dolphins at, at left tackle when they had some injury problems, gets the ax. He didn't look too good in preseason, Paul. Yeah, he was a guy that I know last year he, he got cut early on came back, re-signed with the Dolphins, signed a short contract extension. So he was kind of an incumbent expected to make the team, but he didn't play like an incumbent expected to make the team this preseason. He whiffed on a lot of blocks, didn't do what he needed to do. And you pair that with the strong play of guys like Smith, you have to continue to play at that level, especially if you're not a returning all-pro who might be struggling a little bit. This is the returning backup lineman who's struggling, and that's not a good scenario to be in. There are way too many serviceable backup linemen around the league, let alone ones that got cut today, for for you to be that. So, unfortunately, the big redhead wound up uh, being a casualty of his own making. Yeah, two two things this says to me, too, is, number one, I thought Eric Smith all preseason looked like he belonged. And I watched mm-hmm. him at Virginia. And I, I thought this guy looked like an NFL prospect. So I'm glad that he showed that. He played some left tackle. He played some right tackle in preseason. And another thing that this says to me, too, is that Jermon Bushrod, even though he's the starting right guard, if there are problems at that tackle spot, he played left tackle for, what, nine years out of his career, actually in Chicago with Adam Gase. 
Gase had him throughout the week playing all five offensive line positions. So he does have some versatility, and you got to imagine that that factors in. You know, every time I look at Anthony Stan and Jake Brendel, too, it seems like these are serviceable players. So you're hoping that the Dolphins, in going with quantity over quality right now, come away this year with two decent uh, starters on the offensive line. We were vocal about the guard spot, but, you know, if, if they can just – patch that up for a little bit and do it for very, very cheap. Adam Gase and Mike Tannenbaum and Chris Greer really come out of this looking smart for that. Yeah, and and Jake Brendel's a guy I just want to take a second on because he's a guy I was very excited to see him this preseason. I know he had a strong career coming out of college. I know he wound up with the Cowboys, got injured, got waived. Miami claimed him last year in he was a guy I really wanted to see with a full off season with the Dolphins, what he was able to build on and and make this roster. Given the health of Pouncey's hip, it's great that these offensive linemen, a lot of them have positional versatility like we've been harping on all off season. There's a lot of guys that can play center. There's a lot of guys that can play guard. And as you pointed out too, there's a lot of these guys that can kick out the tackle in a pinch here and there if need be. So, you're able to interchange these guys, which also leads to, to casualties for guys like Sam Young because, let's face it, there's two or three guys that can kick and play a spot if need be or can backfill the spot if another guy kicks over. So you can almost constantly keep your best five on the field out of these nine guys, and, and that that's a great, great thing to have because we've all seen a lot of health concerns along the offensive line through the years whether it was Pouncey's hip, Pouncey's hip, Pouncey's hip, Pouncey's hip, or last season, um, Brandon Albert, when he went down for a game or two with a, an injury, you know, we had Tunsil who could kick out the tackle, somebody who could bring in a guard, and we're able to go without skipping a beat. So this is a great way that they set up this offensive line, and hopefully the line is finally a solid thing this season. It's going to be very important for Mike Pouncey at center and Tunzel and James at the tackle spots to stay healthy this year and keep up that level of play. If that happens, you hope that the guard position can figure itself out. Moving on to the defensive side of the ball, let's look at the at the defensive line. Nine were kept. No real surprises here. You've got Cameron Wake and Dominican Sue, Jordan Phillips, Andre Branch, uh, William Hayes, and then you've got the three rookies, Charles Harris, Gavin Gotcha, and Vincent Taylor. And then finally, your, your ninth guy, Paul, Terrence Fide. We just can't seem to get rid of him. Fide had a really strong preseason. He, he for me, was one of those guys that it, it almost reminded me of Damian Williams last offseason. Suddenly this kid shows up and he looks stronger and faster uh, and, and more like he belongs than he ever had. And last offseason, the guy that we saw that did the same thing was Damian Williams, and he wound up being a really effective role player for the team. I don't want to see Fide out there as often as we did last year, but the way it stands right now, I'm not as worried about it if we do see him because he was able to chase people down from behind. We didn't see any boneheaded, stupid penalties given the extended time he saw this preseason, and he really was an effective factor on the field when he got out there. So by all all accounts, this guy earned his roster spot over some pretty good players in Cameron Malvo, who hopefully ends up on the practice squad, and praise Martin Aguike, who hopefully ends up on the practice squad. 
who had some pretty decent preseason themselves. Trace Martin Aguike is one that I wanted to see make this final roster because you you look at the last preseason game, I thought he flat out brought it. And he was one of the players on the defensive line. I, I thought fit a little bit of a different mold. He was he was six foot one, uh, or he's six foot one, two hundred fifty five pounds, and really brings that speed off the edge. He's he's not going to anchor anybody against the run. I, another player that I hope the Dolphins can get back on the practice squad. Linebacker spot, Paul. This was one that Dolphins were were searching for names here throughout August to to put it in the bottom of the roster. You've got. Lawrence Timmons and Kiko Alonso, obviously, as your linchpin. You sign Ray Maluga. He makes the roster as, as your third middle linebacker, or your third linebacker. Mike Hull makes it, obviously. Chase Allen, the undrafted free agent, and Trevor Riley. Uh, Deion Lacey ends up getting the axe. I, I thought it could have gone either way with a lot of these linebackers here. Yeah, for the two guys after Hull, Trevor Riley and Chase Allen, it really could have gone either way in terms of one of those two being replaced with Deion Lacey, and it wouldn't have been a shock. And that being the case, I would not be surprised if, like we talked a little bit about with Sonoris Perry earlier, I'm not comfortable if I'm Riley. I'm not comfortable if I'm Allen. There's a lot of linebackers cut around the league, including some ex-Dolphins like Spencer Paysinger, like Jelani Jenkins, etc., that are looking for work right now following cutdown day. So these guys are going to have to to bring it day in and day out in practice and show why they belong if they're still here following the next wave of signings and cuts that always happens when there's a cutdown. So their spots may be on the hot seat a little bit going into this week and before next weekend's game because – Let's face it, the, the Dolphins do have some needs at linebacker, and if they feel they're able to improve it, these guys are on the bottom end of your 53-man roster and maybe the casualties naturally if the Dolphins do sign a linebacker. Yeah, there, there are some linebackers and some interesting names that were cut and didn't make the 53-man rosters that we'll get to in a little bit. But, yeah, I think you nailed it, Paul. It's I wouldn't, just like Sonoris Perry, I wouldn't get too comfortable if I were Trevor Riley or Chase Allen on the bottom of that roster. Uh, the cornerback spot, uh, Byron Maxwell, Xavier Howard, Alteron Werner, Bobby McCain, Cord- Cordrea Tankersley, and uh, McTire makes it as the sixth cornerback. You're beating out Jordan Lucas. Uh, me personally, I, I wouldn't have had a problem Lucas making the roster too, but he just never seemed to take that step up. The Dolphins gave him a lot of opportunities. He's actually struggled for a couple of years. His final year at Penn State, he struggled when he switched positions. So I'm sure he's going to find himself somewhere in the league. And Torrey McTire is a guy that it was funny when we did our Voice of the Fan contribution this week, the question was which undrafted free agent do you think has the best odds of making the team? And Torrey McTire was almost kind of my de facto second place because for me, at the very least, it was going to be a competition between McTire and Maurice Smith for that final roster spot because those two being out there in the second, everything else, I know we talked about it a little bit uh, on our show as well. It almost felt like it may come down to a decision between the two of them and I know we're going to talk about Smith in a minute when we get to the safety position. They both had really strong preseasons, and I think McTire finished very strongly, just missing an interception as well. 
in the final preseason game against the Vikings. So uh, it's great to see him make the roster. It's great to see Maurice Smith make the roster. I think they're two very strong young guys. And and a bit kudos to the Dolphins here because it's not like we had a shortage of draft picks with the team. They managed to turn over some pretty great stones out in the UDFA market, which is a great thing. This isn't the first year this has happened. But this was a very strong haul of undrafted free agents going into this season. So hats off to Chris Greer. Hats off to Mike Tannenbaum, who's usually – he's a big contributor here. No secret about that. I don't think anybody out there is under any other impression. The fact that Tannenbaum came in, we were all worried about him being just a name guy. And he does sign his names, but the fact that he and Greer and Gase were able to turn over guys – like McTire, like Chase Allen, like Trevor Riley, like Maurice Smith, like Eric Smith, like Jake Brendel. They're filling this roster with young, talented players that they're not even spending draft picks on. So great job to the Dolphins scouting department here. Yeah, believe it or not, 50, this 53-man roster, uh, you know, and keep in mind the Dolphins were 10-6. and 6. They were a playoff team last year. We're not talking about the Cleveland Browns. 11 out of these 53 players are rookies, and that doesn't even account for the fact that Raekwon McMillan, the second-round pick, is out for the year, and Isaiah Ford, the seventh-round pick, is out for the year. And if if I had it my way, Paul, Demorier Stringfell and uh, Praise Martin Aguikway would be on this roster too. So yeah, they're, they're kudos to the Dolphins right now because not only did they make the roster, but I think I saw a lot of physical talent out of these players here uh, throughout the preseason. So let's let's go to our last unit here, the safety spot. We we touched on a lot. Nate Allen, Rashad Jones, Michael Thomas, Walt Akins, and Maurice Smith uh, as your five safeties. As everybody knows, T.J. McDonald will be out for the first eight games. Oddly, he was rewarded with a four-year, twenty-four million dollar contract extension, and uh, but he's going to be out for the first uh, eight games. He will not count against the Dolphins' fifty-three man roster. Neither will Ted Larson if Ted Larson is it goes on that injured reserve with the designation to return. So not, not a lot of surprises here, but the interesting thing is at, 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 when you look at the defensive back spot as, as a whole, McTire and Murray Smith make the team, and the players that were axed are, are guys that were not even on the 53-man roster last year but actually got on the field late in the season. And I'm talking about Jordan Lucas, Lafayette Pitts, A.J. Hendy, not only on the 53-man roster, but we're actually seeing some defensive snaps last year. So it speaks to how well the Dolphins did in the undrafted free agent market. Uh, Mari Smith, what I really liked about him in preseason was his ability to be in the right spot and get from point A to point B. And I think when you do that a lot, the playmaking skills come a little bit more naturally. Uh, on that and in terms of the special teams Paul not we talked about the punter so you've got Hawk as the punter uh, Andrew Franks as a kicker who by the way I think is getting better and better every year and long snapper John Denny is going to be back has has survived for quite a while here in the Dolphins organization he really has and and great guy great teammate really a leader in that Dolphins locker room and, and I'm 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 always happy when I see John Denny's name clear that final cut down day, because I know every year it, it's one of those things that is this the year. The guy does a great job. 
as a long snapper. I don't have any concerns about him out there. Eventually, he will be replaced by somebody younger and cheaper. But it's good to see him get another year with the Dolphins here. So, so congratulations, John Denny. Welcome back. Welcome home. And uh, enjoy playing with all these kids. Let's face it. At this point, a lot of the players on this team, you touched on it. There's 11 rookies, not counting the two on, on reserve. He's playing with guys that he's starting to look around that locker room and see the kids instead of the uh, guys his age. And so it's got to be an entertaining thing to see uh, see things from his perspective, I think, right now with this team. So, Paul, looking at the 53-man roster, uh, you know, I had in mind who I wanted on, on the roster beforehand. So did you. Not too many diff- different things that, that happened, but – if you could hand draw the 53 man roster yourself, who are a couple of players that you would have wanted to see make it? And maybe a few that you wanted to see left off. The three guys that I probably was pulling for the most that, that Miami did cut all were along the, the defensive side of the ball, probably either Cameron Malvo, praise Martin Aguike or, or Dion Lacey, who I really I really liked a lot of what I saw, even though I know they had some, some struggle moments. I would have liked to see one of those guys make the roster. As far as leaving off, and, and don't get me wrong, Matt Dar, you know, we, we've had the opportunity to talk to the guy. He's a great guy, really down to earth, really, really fun dude. Best wishes to him. He, he, his exit was classy, but I'm not shocked that the Matt Hawk keep there. I still think Walt Akins is a guy that's going to have to really bring it on special teams week in and week out. The Dolphins kept 11 defensive backs. I think Maurice Smith outplayed him. I think Torrey McTire outplayed him on defense. If he does not continue to significantly contribute on special teams, he might be in trouble when when TJ McDonald returns after week eight. So he's one of those guys that really needs to bring it because as much as I like him on special teams, I cannot stand him in the secondary because he's he's really offered zero positional value at either corner or safety in his time there. And he's been given more opportunities than anybody on the planet. And it shows a lot when he got beaten out solidly last season by one of the Dolphins' worst players and worst signings, I think, in, in Dolphins' history, in Bakari Rambo, who couldn't even make it the final cut-down day with the Bills this offseason. So, you know, it, it it's a pretty big sign when when I'd rather have you playing safety at this point. And as far as Walt Akins, the only thing he contributes to special teams, that's not a safe place to be, especially given that a lot of these young kids showed some strength on special teams. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate the compliment. Uh, yeah, Akins is an interesting name. Uh, I'd say if I if the only thing that sticks out is the one I would have done differently is Chase Allen. I, based on what I saw, I didn't feel like he did enough. And I, I'm of the belief that really you have two starting linebackers, not three, in the NFL. So I would have been fine just keeping Hull and Riley as the backups and, and having Praise Martin, Aguike, or uh, Demorier Stringfellow 
uh, as as that 53rd guy as opposed to Chase Allen. But overall, not too many complaints here for me about the Dolphins' final 53-man roster. Paul, uh, taking a look at the rest of the league, had some interesting names out there. Uh, anybody stick out for you as ones that the Dolphins may want to look at uh, at the bottom of their roster? I mean, there's a handful of running backs here and there. There's a couple of guards. Let's, let's face it, the positions that Miami might look at out there, they're not going to look at quarterback. They're potentially going to look at running back. They're not going to look at wide receiver very heavily, given the fact that they already have some guys that they're probably going to bring to the practice squad unless somebody head and shoulders stands out. And I didn't really see anybody on the wide receiver market that does. Tight end, they're pretty set at. Offensive line, they may flirt with somebody, but I think they're pretty solid here with the guys they've got, unless a guard were to really jump out. Somebody like, correct me on the pronunciation here, Greco or Greco, who got cut. Somebody like Alex Boone out there, who's done some good things throughout his career. Maybe play around with Cyrus Quandio, a guy that we were all pretty stoked about in the draft a couple years ago, but has, has floated around a little bit. There's there's a handful of guys out there like that. Linebacker's another position that you may see the Dolphins pursue somebody, like we mentioned earlier, in a Jelani Jenkins, in a Spencer Paysinger, in a, in a Spence. Somebody that can step in and, and potentially help out as they go along down the stretch here. Because let's face it, we looked at it last year. It really sucked when they had to go to guys like Butler, et cetera. One other thing we didn't touch on, actually just speaking about the linebacker position, it was a little surprising to see them release Neville Hewitt with his injury, but it does mean that they can re-sign him at any point once he's healthy. So we may even see the Dolphins do something in free agency at the linebacker position with one of their own in bringing back Neville Hewitt at some point in the first few weeks, once his shoulder heals up and he's ready to go. So there's some interesting things out there that Miami may do here, but those are some of the big ones. Yeah. Uh, Hewitt is one name we didn't mention. Uh, I'd say a surprise, but he, he, he did have the shoulder injury. Like you said, I hope the Dolphins do end up getting him back and he sees some meaningful snaps on defense this year. Yeah. You talked about the two guards, uh, John Greco from the Browns. That'd be one I'd really like to to nab and and potentially insert not only into the roster but maybe somebody who can get up to speed quickly and uh, be a decent guard uh, this year. The only reason the Browns got rid of him is they're basically axing everybody over 28 years old this year. Uh, you mentioned Alex Boone too, who was worth a few looks from the Dolphins last offseason before he signed with the Vikings and you know, didn't have a great year, but you know it wasn't terrible either, and, and it was a money related thing too. That linebacker, Sean Spence, from uh, was cut from the Colts, as was Akeem Ayers. And these are two players that I, I think for their 3-4 defense that they have in Indianapolis don't really fit that mold very much. Um, but I, I think here in Miami, if, if they can get here and they can play behind this defensive line, maybe they have a little bit more room to move. So we will see as far as the free agents that are out there. And you can – Check us out here in the upcoming weeks. The Dolphins play, gosh, it's it's not too far away now. So next week we're going to have a lot of different uh, previews. We're, we're going to preview the Tampa Bay Bucks miami Dolphins matchup right now. The Dolphins are two-and-a-half-point underdogs at home, believe it or not. But we're going to have a lot of previews on 
here, and we're going to take a view from the other sidelines. We're going to have some Bucks guests on to really get an understanding of that, too. You can follow Paul and I on the Fin side here on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, and on iHeartRadio. And you can follow us all year long. And if it's not on the right side, and it is not on the left side, it is on the fifth side. Solo D, take us home. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fifth side. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fifth side. Listen, Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian Cat and Paul about to do. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save. 